Hey, it's Tom. Welcome back to the Can Boomers podcast. Most weeks we focus on CBD or cannabis as a wellness factor for our own bodies. This week it's more about the planet and about hemp and what it can do for the planet in terms of an ecological advantage compared to other textiles. Our guest is Skylar Leesocker of Greens Supply with a Z on the end of greens. Skylar makes hemp t-shirts. I was blown away when I heard about the benefits of wearing hemp compared to polyester, which leaches microplastic particles that wash down our rivers and into the ocean and get into the food chain. It's really appalling, and I think more people need to know about it, so I'm glad to have him on as a guest. I looked for a long time for somebody who could speak to this, and uh, Skylar does very eloquently. I hope you enjoy the episode. And if you would like to know in advance who our next guest is, sign up for the Cannaboomers newsletter. It's uh, at cannaboomers.com slash five boom Friday, five the numeral, boom Friday. Every week you'll know who's coming and uh, what else is happening that week. So sign up and uh, enjoy the episode. This is Let's Talk About Weed, the Cannaboomers podcast, CBD, microdosing, and all things related to medical cannabis for baby boomers. From San Diego, here's your host, Thomas J. Hey, it's Tom. Welcome back to the Cannon Boomers Podcast. Today we have Skylar Leesocker, who runs Green Supply. They make hemp t-shirts and other garments, and uh, we're really pleased to have him on the show. Hey, Skylar. Hey, thanks for having me on the show today, Tom. I appreciate it, man. Where are we talking to you from? I'm currently out in Phoenix, Arizona. All right. Tell us about the business of hemp clothing and how you got started in it. Yeah, definitely. So... A while back, my business partners and I, we have been running an advertising agency for a few years and we realized that instead of solving every other business owner's problems that we wanted to create a product and use our skill sets to grow that product on our own. So with our past experience in the cannabis industry and our passion for the plant and its various uses, we decided to move into the textile space. One of the big reasons we did that is because it is a easier point of entry, but also we believe that it's going to be a lot bigger than cannabis and CBD. Uh, everybody wears clothes. Textiles are a huge thing, and hemp has a lot of unique properties and benefits that many people aren't aware of. So we're really here to educate people on the plant on the industrial side because we think it can change the world, and we want people to know about it. Right. I mean, there's a lot of attention now with cannabis itself, but sometimes we forget what a, what a versatile plant hemp is. What are the, some of the benefits to hemp clothing? On the consumer side, hemp is antimicrobial and moisture wicking. Uh, it's been known to be uh, rid MRSA in under 24 hours. It's antifungal as well. So it's a product that in reality you could wear for a couple of days and uh, you would not contract very many germs and it also would not stink with it being moisture wicking. It is also uh, UV resistant and hypoallergenic. So if you're spending time outside, if you're a nature type of person, you work outside, great product to wear, as well as if you have sensitive skin because of its hypoallergenic nature. A lot of our uh, customers really, really enjoy the hypoallergenic side. I've had people say that they don't know why they've been able, they, why they haven't been able to find a decent t-shirt in all their lives until they came across our company, which is very exciting as a business owner because it shows me that you know we're doing something that is really beneficial to people. On the uh, agricultural and uh, ecological side, hemp uh, requires less water than cotton to be grown, uh, a quicker 
a timeline than cotton with more filed, uh, more fiber yield. And it also does this cool thing called phytoremediation. Plants that phytoremediate, essentially what they do is that they'll remove toxins, chemicals, and heavy metals from the soil, and they'll either store it in the stock, they'll either neutralize it or clean it and push it back into the air. So I really have a deep respect for you know that the ecological side of the plant as well, because I think it can, can change agriculture um, at scale if we use it correctly. Right. Are we reaching uh, scale yet? It was illegal for a long time in this country to grow hemp, wasn't it? Yeah, very long until Trump signed the hemp bill last December of 2018. Uh, so it'll be coming up here on two years. It's been uh, very exciting to see because we started up our business right before that happened. And I've been studying and wearing hemp textiles for a few years now. So I've known about the benefits. I've been waiting for that to be pushed through and it's exciting to be on the forefront of it because there's not many people doing it. I think the market for it is becoming bigger. I see it um, every single day. People are like, oh, you know, I've been looking for companies that do hemp. And although we have competition that have been around a lot longer, um, I really think that we're going to be able to move ourselves into this niche and do something really big uh, with the way we've structured ourselves, our team, and the type of products we're looking to make. Right, because it's a different landscape now. I mean, a couple of years ago, you had to import your hemp, and now all of a sudden, you can source it in the U.S. Is it beginning to become available at scale? Are there a lot of farmers planting hemp? As far as I know, there are many, many farmers uh, planting hemp, more for the side of CBD. Um, so they're still growing it for the flower and the biomass and those areas. But I currently don't know anybody in the U.S. with the intention of growing it for textile. I know of, I would say, three vertically integrated manufacturers located around the world that do everything from the planting of the seed to the creation of the textile or a finished product. So we're really behind here in the United States. The goal for us is to continually grow as a brand, educate as many people as possible, build our awareness, and then piece by piece over time, start to build out that supply chain here in North America. You are still importing hemp? We are still importing. Mm -hmm. So anybody that you see that has uh, hemp from Patagonia to any of our other competition, they are importing the hemp just because it's not the lack of hemp and or fiber that we have. It's the lack of knowledge and understanding of how to process it and how to turn it into the textile. Those are practices and that have been forgotten here. You know, We used hemp for a very long time until... 90, 100 years ago, 80 years ago when prohibition and uh, all of this misinformation started uh, to be released by big companies. So everybody else in, around the world have been making hemp textiles and doing things with it. And we kind of just, it just disappeared over here for us. So it's not the lack of hemp or farmers or any of that. It's more of that we need to educate ourselves on the processing, the equipment, um, and the right ways to do it. Right. It was a kind of a lost art until uh, it got rediscovered. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about the process? I mean, is it like making a cotton shirt? What parts of the plant go into creating hemp fiber? Great question. So for the fiber side of hemp, you're going to be using the stock. So the as far as I know, the, the most beef down version that I've been able to research and find, and I'm learning every single day about it too, uh, is that you'll, you'll be growing the hemp, you will use 
once it gets to the time to harvest, you'll use a traditional combine with a, an attachment that'll chop it down and bring it down to um, that right state. And then it'll eventually bale it, twine it, and then they go through a series of processes where they take it from the twine and they make it softer and they get it to that place where cotton would be when it gets thrown into a gin. So, you know, you pick cotton and you throw it to a gin and it's um, getting ready to get twined and knitted with. With hemp, you have a couple of extra steps beforehand um, because the fiber is more durable and rough in nature. A big thing for us is really finding a way to make this uh, plant more soft over time and use it for more textiles. So a lot of the people, even including us, are using uh, organic cotton as a blend with our products. And I'm a supporter of organic cotton. Unfortunately, a lot of people in the fashion industry are using conventionally grown cotton, which is taking 16 to 25% of the world's pesticide use alone. And or they're using polyester and other man-made fibers, which cause a lot of problem, um, a lot of problems uh, ecologically, uh, leaching into water supplies, uh, polyester is taking you know upwards of 200 years to biodegrade. With hemp, you can have a biodegradable process and a much shorter timeline of that. I've just seen research that said three months. I would like to say to be conservative that it would be longer than that. But our goal is to really create products that are more biodegradable in nature, where the supply chain is more transparent. We can be as sustainable as possible because it's something that is not happening in the fashion industry. And it's causing a lot of pollution, you know, number two polluter in the world behind oil. Yeah. Well, I think just that fact alone appeals to a lot of people. I mean, there's a growing consciousness about the environment and all the plastic in the ocean and people aren't aware of it. I mean, it's so easy to go to Costco and buy a $10 workout shirt that you're not even thinking about the fact that it's the fibers fly off that every time you wash it. And that begins to, as you said, get into the, the water supply and, and eventually into the food chain. Mm -hmm. it's uh it's a big problem right now you know i was reading an article in stats the other day like it was you know humans are consuming a credit card's worth of plastic like every month or every few months you know call me on that exactly but you know if i'm even consuming a credit card's worth of plastic a year i'm not really comfortable <laughs> with that no that is horrible <laughs> so it's it's horrible so you know we're we're dealing with I think humans inherently, we have the desire to do good, but with the way we've been structured as a society over the past hundreds of years, uh, profits and sales and those things have held um, more importance over the repercussions down the road. And for me, being a business owner and an entrepreneur in this state of the world has me questioning, you know, okay, I don't inherently believe that products and materials and these things are wrong, but what is the what is the result of the choices we make as business owners and as consumers? And how can we make better options so that our grandchildren and people of the future aren't dealing with our repercussions like we are right now uh, with people of the past? Right. Absolutely. I'm wearing one of your shirts right now, and it's very comfortable. It's not as soft as a really spun cotton, but it's got a great feel. It's almost a little bit stretchy. It's one of my favorite shirts. It's got a great fit. And it's a great garment. So congratulations. Uh, you, you have a, a very happy customer here. We appreciate it, man. I mean, we, although we are young and we've been growing organically right now, we have a very high returning customer rate, which I think is something that many businesses don't find until later in their 
you know, careers and pursuits. So having the type of customers that we do, those loyal fans right now where they're buying every single color of all of our products, that's crazy. That that shows me that we have something going on. And, you know, as you're wearing that t-shirt right now, I think about what that's going to do, you know, for people in the future and the way that I was grown, the process, how it will biodegrade when the time's right. That's awesome, you know, and I'm rocking one of our crew neck sweater samples right now that we've got in and we've been working on designing our new line right now. So even wearing this, uh, this crew neck sweater and getting those same, the same comfort, the same stretchiness as you do in that t-shirt just makes me excited because I know we have a lot more to offer people here over time as we grow. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. If we can talk about the economics a little, I know, you know, you mentioned some of your competitors and I've looked, you know, I've been trying for a while to get someone on to talk about this. So I'm really glad to have you here. Patagonia, Prana, there's several other brands um, and you can spend a lot on hemp clothing. And I think that's probably a function of the scarcity of it still. I mean, as you said, people are still importing hemp and the manufacturing of it is not as well understood as it was in the past. People are still finding their way. Do you foresee a time when the economics become more friendly? And I can go to the swap meet and buy three t-shirts for 10 bucks. You know, Is hemp eventually going to come down into that, maybe not that sphere, but to a, a more affordable range? Yeah. I would say that as the demand for it goes up and businesses are starting to become challenged to use it, I think that the prices will definitely lower themselves to to touch on Patagonia and Prana in general. You know, those bigger brands tend to mark up a little bit more. They got more overhead and things going on. And I think that, you know, as much as it is cool that Prana and Patagonia and drop hemp lines, they still have a lot of products that are out of integrity of hemp. Um, they're not really in alignment with that vision. So, you know, a lot of products with these plastics and these man-made fibers that aren't really in tune with that. So I kind of find it a little bit funky that they're even charging those type of margins. Something that we're doing in our company now is we'll remain, we'll maintain our margin that allows us to continue to grow as a business and do things, but not out of alignment, you know, like a lot of these companies are, you don't need to charge $80 for a freaking hemp cotton t-shirt because I can charge 35 and, still make my margins and still grow my business and still get paid as a business owner. So I think it's a function of people challenging themselves to build a business that is bigger than this giant multinational conglomerate, but being able to provide good products to people and good opportunities for your employees as well at the same time. Right. How about 100% hemp garments? I've seen some of those that are really expensive. Oh, yeah. They're uh, a lot more expensive. We currently, you know, here at Greens, we're, we're still working on ours. Our goal is to really, when we do drop 100% hemp, we want to make sure it's like the best one, or at least it can topple the other ones that are out there and also be at a solid price. And I think that comes with R&D. You know, we got people on our team that are textile experts, people that I know that are botanists, people that I have connected with that are, you know, sustainability experts. So really putting together r&d with the right people that know what they're talking about to make the best the best 100 hemp products that we can i just know it's a, a function of time time and patience and you know obviously capital as well so i think they'll be really good here in a few years yeah when we talk back to some of those other brands who are these huge multinational corporations i mean you have a, a nice niche in a 
in a differentiator, you can say you're a small entrepreneurial company that is keeping it everything sustainable. You're, you're not producing things that do pollute, and you're doing it at a price at a consumer friendly price. Talk a little more about that whole the microplastic pollution aspect of it, where again, you know, I've read that one garment can throw up maybe seven hundred thousand microfibers, little five millimeter fibers that actually soak up toxins on the way down the sewer, right? Mm-hmm. And then they get eaten by fish. And like you said, it, it comes back into the food chain. I don't think people are aware of that. And as they become mm-hmm. aware of it, I think the demand for your product is going to skyrocket. Definitely. You know, that's a great point. At the end of the day, you know, it's education over everything. And that's one thing that we've really prided ourselves on is that if you look at our blog content, our social media posts, if you end up in our email funnel, a lot of this is education. And uh, the whole reason why we focus more on education instead of trying to create like lifestyle content or trying to be in all these little small niches is that we see that as people become more aware of their choices and we can make them aware of their choices that they'll start to transition their purchasing decisions elsewhere. And all day, they might have to spend a couple extra dollars uh, versus, you know, like you said, your swap meet t-shirts, but it's for a greater cause and their product's going to last longer. You know, they're going to pay a little bit higher price for a better quality product and the outcome uh, ecologically and economically over a time period, I think will be much more beneficial. We just need to make people aware of it. And like, I think, you know, most humans are good and we have wonderful intentions. We're just, it's our lack of awareness that has us do things we're not fully conscious I of. I agree completely. I mean, people want to do the right thing, and most people are appalled at, uh, when they learn that just something as simple as the, the clothing you choose can have these effects, but our system needs to get better at showing people the consequences of those actions. Yeah, that's, uh, that's something we're really excited to do. We'll be uh, working on a very big piece of content this spring as or this late I'd say late winter, early to late winter, that will be, it'll be called the Greens documentary essentially. And what it's going to be is our entire supply chain. And it's also going to feature some of the landfills that are happening in other countries and some of the unfortunate things that occur um, from fast fashion. So we're really going to open up a can of worms here (laughs) and see what happens. But, you know, the goal for us is to have a transparent and sustainable supply chain and show people really what's going on behind the scenes because nobody knows and it's not until somebody takes the time and the effort to do it that they'll start to open up their eyes a little bit and that's probably one of the things i'm most excited to do you know all bay i love hemp and creating all kinds of cool products and building a business is fun but i really just love educating people on this product and the benefits it can have not only on a consumer level but you know for the earth as yeah. well. Well, that sounds like a sound strategy and, and let us know when you uh, when you roll out that content and we'll help you make some noise because uh, you have to be findable at the end of the day and you have, you have to let people know where you're at. So um, part of that is telling the story. Oh yeah, it's going to be a fun story to tell and there's going to be a lot of ad spend budget being pushed behind it. So we're going we're gonna to aim for the viral push. That's exciting. Tell me what it's like to be in the fashion industry. I mean, that changes pretty rapidly, right? I mean, every year there's new stuff that people want to buy and people want the latest, freshest designs. And how do you kind of keep yourself grounded in, in that kind of an industry? Well, I never really imagined myself to be in the fashion industry. 
Um, and I've kind of come to more of the terms recently that I'm really in the fashion industry because at the end of the day, I want to make my products look good for my people and for myself. So since I'm not really technical in the fashion industry, I did what I think any business owner who wants to grow something big would do. And I found somebody that understands it. And what our team did is we brought in uh, Alana Peterson as our COO. She's a fashion designer. She has worked for brands like Levi Strauss, Urban Outfitters, Ralph Lauren, and more. And she's been doing it for 20 plus years. So we really filled that space by allowing somebody who has that experience to take that over. So she's freaking amazing. She's highly skilled, highly intelligent, and it's really great working with her because we can kind of elaborate on the designs and products we want to make and then let her run with it and do what she needs to do. So we're getting samples of hemp products for anything you can imagine. You know, we'll be dropping sneak peek hemp denim over time, hemp shoes. Uh, like I said, I'm rocking a crew neck right now and we'll be dropping all kinds of products for men and women. Obviously right now it's just a t-shirt, but we all start somewhere. So we're excited to have her on the team and be on top of the trends and she understands the cycles of fashion because as you know, fashion is very cyclical in nature, just like the economy. Things come back, things trend, fanny packs, uh, retro colors, Hawaiian shirts, chubby shorts, like everything comes back around at some point. So we have somebody that understands that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've seen the seventies fashions come back in and then it's like, you know, I wore that stuff when I was a kid. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> it you is leave back. it in the closet long enough. It's, it's stylish again. It is. And then it'll get upsold at some place called like, I don't know, some upcycled upcycled fashion place for like eight bucks. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of exciting stuff going on between the new styles and the access to domestic hemp eventually and the prospect of the price coming down. To me, it seems like this is going to explode at some point. Yeah, we definitely sense it. And you know, we see big brands like Levi's, they're talking about bringing hemp back, but it's going to take 10 years for them. We see Lego talking about being hemp plastic fully by 2030. So, you know, you know, people are talking about it and they have been the whole time because a lot of these big brands, uh, Wrangler, pharmaceutical industries and the oil and paper industries pull their money together. And this is intel that I've researched and some information that I've gotten from family lineages of people who've been in these industries that they've pulled their money together to put the propaganda campaigns against this plant. And it's funny because most people think that, you know, the plant was demonized because of you know, the recreational use and people getting high and stuff like that. But from what I've seen, it's been more because of what the plant can do industrially, that it would shut down the need for a lot of industries that are causing a lot of pollution, like paper and oil and clothing. So funny enough, things just aren't what they seem sometimes. Well, I mean, part of the lore that I've read was, you know, William Randolph Hearst ran newspapers in the 1930s, and he was vertically integrated. He had forests of lumber that he wanted to use and not hemp. So he got along with Harry Anslinger, and they said, it's it's the Mexicans who are smoking this crazy weed, and we can't allow that. And that was part of the whole racist underpinnings of, of prohibition. But we know it's also usable as a fuel. You can make hempcrete. You can make buildings out of hempcrete, right? Paper, there's many uses of the plant. Yep. It's a... Uh... It's got a lot of natural uses. It's just one of those God-given gifts that we have that unfortunately was corrupted at some point in time. Like 
many uh, of God's great gifts are. And I think now we're at the point of the time with social media and with people having access to the internet that they can begin to educate themselves and see what's really going on. So as much as it is crazy being alive on earth right now and people thinking that, you know, the world's coming to an end, I think that we're enduring, you know, coming to the end of a cycle where the truth is coming forward, you know, integrity is coming forward, ethics are coming forward. And a lot of these old business theologies and stuff are going to be coming to an end because everybody is being exposed, which is, you know, a catch 22 as our privacy and stuff like that is being diminished. But at the end of the day, I'm thankful for it right now because I get to do this because hemp is being legalized and people are being educated. So a very, it's a very interesting time to be alive. Yeah, I think you're going to find a big tribe who will be very interested in this um, as you go. When you look around as a businessman, do you see other industries that you would model or that look like a template for this dynamic where, where something dramatically changes entire industries? Yeah, I'd say it's happening in you know, there's a lot of stuff happening in the climate change space and all that. It's a very popular trend right now. I can't say that I agree with it all, but I do think that uh, there's going to be a big impact in, in vehicles and particularly energy. I think energy is going to be one of those industries that is disrupted. I think it's definitely going to be bigger than battery-powered cars <laughs> or even biofuel. I think it's going to go back to more of the topics that Tesla's talking about. So another industry that I'm really interested in and I think is going to be disrupted like by uh, you know by something else, I would say is that industry. And you know, and hemp could have its play in there with biofuels and stuff, but I think that that would be really interesting to watch over the next mm -hmm. few years. This is being disrupted completely and Tesla's kind of at the forefront with batteries right now, but I know uh, that we can do better. I know there is better out there as well, but it's just a matter of somebody taking that step, you know, Tesla taking the step to battery power and reducing that is just like us taking the step to hemp, you know, who knows what will happen over time and what comes right. next. Well, everyone needs to wear clothes and multiple shirts and pants in the closet. And as this just becomes more obviously superior in in many ways, all, all those attributes you, you ticked off at the beginning, antimicrobial and, and everything else, I just don't see how you can lose. It just makes too much sense, right? I mean, people want it too. And a big part of you know growing this business is not only creating our these products for ourselves, but we're opening up a lot of white label options. So I, our initial target market is getting into dispensaries more and taking over some of their products and inventory and making sure that they're their stuff is hemped out so that their employees and their customers are wearing their branded products, but it's done in hemp because it's in alignment with their business. But people want it, you know, and other businesses will begin to have higher demand for it as people get educated. And I'll make sure that I'm educating and being a part of that so that, you know, as other companies grow and they start wanting to integrate hemp into their supply chain and their products that we can offer that solution to them as well, because we'll be on the forefront of it. That's a great place to be. Well, Skylar, is there anything we haven't covered yet that you'd like to cover? I would say, you know, that's it for now. We got a, we got a lot done here in a quick 30 minutes. We honestly. did. Well, um, I'm really eager to see what you guys come out with in the spring in terms of your content. And I want to make sure that our, our listeners know where they can find you online. Definitely. You guys can find us at greenswithazsupply.com 
or at all of our social channels, which are at Greens with the Z Supply. That's where you can find us online. Awesome. Thanks for the uh, the update on this, and uh, we hope to have you back maybe in the spring so we can talk about your your big push. Definitely. You've been listening to Let's Talk About Weed, the Cannaboomers podcast with Thomas J. For more on medicinal cannabis for baby boomers, visit us at cannaboomers.com.